Um, okay, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, oh, hold on. Oh, you got everybody in the waiting room, Ryan? Okay. Yeah, so far. Okay, okay, great. Um, so we're gonna keep everybody muted. Um, just we're gonna get the meeting started and then we'll take uh, our first case tonight. We'll just go down the agenda. And we'll, anybody that's here will have a, a option to speak if you choose. And yeah, thanks, Ben. We'll call a meeting to order at 7.05. And actually, before I get started, let me read the statement I'm supposed to read before I forget with regards to um, the, uh, our Zoom meetings now. So pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, general law C30A paragraph 18, and the governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the City of Medford Historical Commission is being conducted via remote yeah, participation. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings as provided for in the order. A reminder that persons who would like to listen or view this meeting while in progress may do so by accessing the link that was included on the meeting agenda posted on the City of Medford website. If despite our best efforts, we are not able to provide for real-time access and we will, uh, we will post a record of this meeting on the city's website as soon as we can. So thank you everybody. Uh, like I said, we'll call the meeting to order. Um, we have um, our agenda item for this evening. We are going to start with uh, 43 Pleasant Street, uh, which tonight is a demolition hearing to determine whether or not the property will be preferably preserved with an 18-month demo delay or um, that the commission decides it does not need to be preserved and a permit can be given to the homeowners. Um, what I'd like to do is just review for everybody on the call that... Um, or anybody watching later on, what that exactly means. Um, so I'm going to just read a few statements um, from our ordinance with regards to the reiteration of how we got here. Um, so the homeowners have applied for a demolition permit and since their property is 75 years or older, um, we the case comes before the commission. Um, so typically they're the first step of the meeting. The first step is that we accept their application. Then typically within 30 days, we hold a, um, a meeting to determine whether or not the property is significant. If the property is deemed significant in another 30 days, we have the meeting that we are attending tonight, which means it will be determined whether or not the property is preferably preserved. Now this property is located in a historic district which means that the property is automatically deemed historically significant. Therefore, the second step uh, is basically waived over. We get right to the hearing tonight on whether or not the property is preferably preserved. And what does significance mean? So a property that's um, historically significant means that it is importantly associated with one or more historic persons or events or with the broad architectural, cultural, political, economic, or social history of the city or the Commonwealth, or it is historically or architecturally important in terms of period, style, method of building construction, 
or association with an important architect or builder, either by itself or in the context of a group of buildings. And um, if, it's, if it's deemed preferably preserved, that means that the commission has determined after an open public hearing that demolition of the building under review would be detrimental to the architectural or, or historical heritage of the city of Medford and an 18 month demo delay will be enacted. Please note that the historical commission does not and will not consider the building's condition or any safety issues when determining a building is to be preferably preserved. That is up to the building commissioner. That is not something that we look at. Okay. Did I miss anything, Ryan? I think I got it all. Good. Okay. So with that being said, um, would any of my commissioners like to make a motion in one way or the other? And then I will do a round table of the commissioners to get their opinions on the property. Then once all of the commissioners have spoken, I will come to the audience members. Um, and then we'll circle back for any final comments before a vote is taken. So would any one of my commissioners like to make a motion? I see Ryan's hand raised. Uh, I'll make a motion to find 43 Pleasant Street preferably preserved. Okay. 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 So we have a motion to find the property preferably preserved by Ryan Hayward and a second by Peter Miller. Ryan, since you made the motion, I'm going to start with you for comments, please. Sure. Uh, I find that this building uh, has a really interesting history. It's associated with the adjacent property at number uh, 31 Pleasant Street, which is the Isaac Yule House. Uh, Isaac Yule bought the property about 1846. Uh, the, of the house that's there. Uh, this one follows shortly around there, which places it under that bracket in 1855. Um, we have a number of studies across Medford neighborhoods that, uh, and the underlying theme is that properties built before 1855 are a rare and diminishing resource and one that's worthy of true consideration on whether or not uh, it's important to the city. These are buildings, there's probably in all of the houses, probably less than 2,000 or 3,000 buildings built before 1900. So being built uh, before the middle of the 19th century puts it in a much higher bracket for uh, importance to me. Uh, and then when you look at the houses around it, there are about 900 pre-1900 buildings um, the highest concentration anywhere in Medford in this part of Medford, uh, and of that, about 400 of them are built before 19, uh, 1855. So being in that bracket, I think it's important in the context of the shipbuilding neighborhood that it's in, um, that the loss of any building, uh, especially using the wood fabric uh, such as this, uh, would be detrimental to the cultural resources of Medford. Great, thank you so much for those comments. Um, I'm just gonna go around in order of as I see people on my screen. So Ed, you are up next for comments, please. Uh, thank you. Uh, I frankly will uh, wait to hear from the homeowner and from the other commissioners. Okay, I'll circle back to you at the end then. Um, Peter, you're up next on my screen. <clears throat> Yes, um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, good. Um, I mean, the neighborhood is very strong, uh, architectural neighborhood and historic neighborhood. 
<clears throat> one of the few historic districts we have in the city. And um, so as if, if not for any other reason, just because the house has uh, been there for a long time, it supports the fabric of that uh, historic district. I think it's preferably preserved. It has, you know, nice architectural detailing. Um, the front porch that they added on, you know, not great, but um, has a lot of its original uh, trim and other parts, nice, uh, nice proportions. Um, so, and I feel like if we chip away, even though apparently there are uh, quite a few houses of the similar uh, ilk in the neighborhood, so it's probably not rare, I guess, but if we <clears throat> chip away at these houses, then, you know, we lose the integrity of the historic district. So I feel like uh, for those reasons, uh, it should be preferably preserved um, or, or at least, you know, try to incorporate the main body of the house in a new house somehow. Uh, that'd be my preference. Okay, great. Thank you so much for those comments. Um, ben, I'll come to you next. He's unmuting. You have to unmute. Yep. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to echo what Peter said. I do think there is a lot of um, historical integrity within the house. Um, it says that... Um, from at least John's architectural description that retains a lot of its original or early finish, um, with shingles, siding, plain corner boards, molded rake <coughs> boards with eave returns, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I don't find that there's any real historical narrative um, plus for this house as pretty much, you know, middle of the road. Um, but I, I do feel like this, house contributes obviously to its historic district uh, and taking it down um, would be a detriment to the district and to the surrounding houses um, but I would also like to hear from the homeowners um, before I make my determination. Okay great thank you thank you so much. Um, Abby I see you next. Um, yeah, I have um, visited this house, um, the exterior, numerous times in the last month. And um, when you, yeah, when you visit the, the house itself, you're visiting the neighborhood. You're seeing the house in the context of um, what Ryan described, sort of the larger demographics of, yeah, there's a, 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 a you know, for Medford, a relatively large concentration of pre-1900 houses, and then, you know, a smaller number, but a relatively large, um, 1850 houses in this, in this, you know, in this corner of Medford or in this nook of Medford. Um, and it really, those houses really define that, um, that East Medford space. Um, although while you say that, you look up and down the street and you see um, places where demolition has taken place and you see those, those, um, those those new builds as as intruding on the historical integrity of the neighborhood um you visit this house it's exterior i mean even just its exterior and you're visiting that whole neighborhood um as it's undergoing i think some significant change right now 
and um, not not I don't think for for the larger good of um, Medford's historic neighborhoods. So uh, yeah, I feel strongly that um, the house is both representative and extremely. Um, extremely beautiful like it is not a unique house as we've said it represents houses and families um, who lived in Medford during that sort of shipbuilding boom but um, but surveyors mentioned lots of exterior detail that's still there that's still really legible um, from the street from um, from the outside so I think it's um, I'm not gonna say unique but it is especially beautiful and it is representative of a time and place that um, I think we want to preserve great thank you Abby for your comments Doug you're up next please hi Jen hi um, sorry I'm a little late uh, but I I think um, to me this there has to be a compelling reason to tear down a house that's a contributing, uh, contributes to a historic district. I, I can't even imagine why this is a tough call because uh, if this house was, you know, alone in a different neighborhood, it would be, I think there'd be more, there'd be more judgment, but the fact that it's part of this district and it's, it's just the last paragraph of the description about integrity of location, design, setting materials, workmanship, all that to me, um, just makes it a really easy call for this for this property because it's in the historic district and it's it's got its original its original character and it's largely intact. Um, so to me, there's there's got to be a reason to to tear it down, and I just don't see that. Um, I don't see a compelling reason to do that. Okay, thank you so much, um, Ed. Excuse me, did you want to talk now, or you want to wait till after the homeowners speak? I'd like to hear the homeowners. Okay. Okay. So I think we'll, let me see, just make sure I don't miss anybody. We got through all the commissioners. Okay. Um, so we heard all the commissioners comments. Uh, we have a motion on the table and it's been seconded to find the house preferably preserved. So at this point, I'd like to ask the homeowners to speak. I will unmute you. Um, Ted and Stacy, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, so the reason why we are looking to tear it down is just simply because, you know, I was not aware of any historical significance of the house. I knew it was older than 1900 because when we bought the house, I was told that's what 1899 meant uh, on, on the deed. Um, it just meant they didn't know how old it was, so it, they just coded it as that in the computer. Um, I do know that the back half of the house um, was, or at least so I've been told, was added at least a couple of decades, if not later, than the original house. I, I don't have the provenance of when that happened. I do know that the back half of the house is, you know, significantly poorly constructed compared to the front half, as in, in the wintertime, I can feel the winter breeze blowing through the walls. Um, it's not particularly well insulated. They didn't put in a full basement underneath uh, the uh, back half of the house. We've had issues with rats being able to enter the, um, the crawl space area. They just dig underneath the concrete because apparently it didn't go very deep and there is no full basement. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the insulation is terrible. And, you know, we've had squirrels coming in uh, to what previously was a brick oven that has since been, you know, boarded up. Uh, so, you know, from our perspective, uh, the main reason why we're tearing it down, quite frankly, is we want to be able to retire in place in Medford. And uh, when I looked at what it would take to make the house livable in the back half of the house, it'd be, you know, you pretty much have to replace the back half of the house because I don't think they did a very good job when they built it. Um, yes, some of the stuff could be remediated. Like, you know, it's like, you know, the electric, they, they reversed hot and neutral on the electric, right? And that, yeah, that can be fixed. But the, you know, lack of insulation, the fact that there isn't a decent foundation underneath the back half of the house so rats can get in really easily. I, you know, <laughs> I have very little love for that part of the house. And it seemed like replacing it with a house from Bensonwood um, where they would be, you know, pre-manufacturing the walls uh, was, you know, would allow me to actually put in, you know, a, you know, net zero electric, tightly insulated house that'd be a lot more comfortable. And so that's why we're doing it. And that's why it's important to us. I understand those are not considerations that this particular body, you know, uh, seems to take into account given um, the charge in the city charter, uh, but that's why we're doing it. And I would probably add that we're not compliant as far as a lot. We're very close to our neighbor at 31. And when we build a new house, we will move three feet over at least. So then it will be a compliant lot. We will be grandfathered. You know, they'll, it'll, it'll, it, you know, yeah. for, for a house, you know, we're very close to our neighbor, and I think we'd all enjoy. Maybe you all get along, but just be nice to have that three extra feet, and I think they'd like it too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it would be, you know, as far as history, and I think you mentioned it, there are a lot of houses in Medford that look a lot like this house. I understand this history is important to, you know, cherish that, but I think that there's been a lot of, as you said, there's a lot of change on our street, and it seems that other people have been allowed to do this. So, at a point, you're basically saying there's too much change, so now we don't want you to demolish your house, you know, but there's a lot of houses that have been changing on our street. So I feel like, you know, you know your decision, <laughs> but uh, I, I think there's really no reason why we couldn't do this. So, so uh, Ed, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, oh. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on Ed's comments for a second, but I, I do, I drove down the street myself a couple weeks ago I wanted to take a just an exterior look and see how the house fit in with the neighbors and I don't get a vote just so you know I, I just run the I am the chair I just run the meeting but I did notice that the house did fit in um quite nicely with what was there but I did notice that there were some newer constructions or at least houses that had been the exterior had been like redone or whatever and I, I've been on this commission three years now, and certainly everybody else has been, except for Peter, has been on longer than me. Um, there's been nothing on the street since I've been on the commission. Ryan, do you remember anything in particular that came before us? Uh, yeah, 40, 44 Pleasant right across the street came up in like 2007, right? Is that where the, there's like two new houses next right. to each other? Yeah, yeah, there was a, a single story. Uh, back wall house that was much older 
um, that the commission at the time did not feel rose to the occasion of a demo delay. Um, it was missing both of its end wall chimneys at that time, and it was in pretty, pretty, pretty rough shape, much more rough than, than this building is. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think the only other property that's really been demoed in this neighborhood, not so much demoed, but rehabbed is the other one next door to that that Nelson is working on. So. Okay. Then that's just for my knowledge for historical right. data. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. And then we do have under delay, which is not, you know, it's basically around the corner is 67 Magoon, the carriage house. Yeah, there, um, was, there was a house on Park Street that was uh, before my time that came up. I guess there was quite a battle for that. The homeowners were looking to tear it down and the commission put a delay on that building, but that was before my time. It's a, there's a duplex there now. Okay. But there's two identical houses next to it on either side. So we know what it looked like. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay, uh, thank you, Stacy and Ted, for your comments. And I wanted to ask uh, the guests we have here tonight if anybody would like to speak on this matter. Sorry, I muted myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I say raise your hand or make a note in the chat if you'd like to uh, speak, and then I will unmute you. Okay, I see. Um, all right, Louise, I, I only see the name Louise, so it's the, the couple. I will unmute you, <laughs> unmute you. Uh, I think you have to just click yes to be unmuted. Yep, there we go. Okay, I'm gonna ask you for, if you guys could state your name and address for the record, please. Louise Warren, Louis Warren. We live at 31 Pleasant Street, next door. No. Great. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, we've lived here about 25 years. Um, um, we're definitely for the house being moved over the four feet. That's definitely a, uh, it comes under the, it's grandfathered into, what, for, what do they call it, the fire code? It's within about three or four feet of our house now, at the back of our house which is significant. As far as the architecture of the house goes, it's like the architectural detail. I honestly don't see it. And I've lived here for 25 years. And it's a nice looking house, but it's, there's nothing there other than it's a, it's a pretty plain house. Right across the street, there are six new houses, only one of which is there for very long, or as long as our house has, or any of the houses around here. So you can't, I don't think the argument that it's significant in the neighborhood stands up as well because of that many new houses. It's like, um, you know, we saw the plans of the new house. It's very nice. It's, uh, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're great. Uh, um, what else was I going to say? Well, and I think that the new house design fits in very well yeah. with the neighborhood. Um, if age alone, I don't understand quite how age alone is the significant thing to keep a house. I mean, there should be other things there. There should be, if there's age involved, yes, but there should be something that that house has that only age gave it. There, there doesn't seem to be anything there. I'm certainly no architect, and I'm sure there might be some details that you wouldn't find on a newer house. But other than that, 
I don't see it. And um, yes, I'm certainly for preserving architecturally, you know, old property that's architecturally significant. But I somehow don't quite see it here. And I kind of applaud them for wanting to build a new house, stay and live here. Yeah. And um, increase the value and make the tax base for Medford is much better. I know that isn't something you have to consider. But you know, there is concern because we see being so close to that their foundation, we see the rats there. The rats and we see them real. we see the we see the entry places that the rats are going into the the foundation. And so they're certainly they've made every effort to get rid of these things and do it up the street and other places, but it's it's an issue again. I, I don't think that's something you have to deal with. But age alone, I just I mean I appreciate it and we live in it. We love our house. I would never want to dem demolish my house. And we appreciate the age and the history and everything with it. And more than happy to live here. But um if that's their option and they want to do that, I applaud them for doing it and helping Medford. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your comments and your willingness to be here. It's so important that we have public input. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come to the meeting. And of course, I'm sure your neighbors feel the same way as well. But we, we encourage so much participation. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, did anybody else want to speak on this matter? Any of the other uh, visitors that are tuning in tonight? I just want to make sure I have, give everybody a chance to speak. Um, either, e either make a note in the chat or you can raise your hand that I will see. Just make sure that I'm not missing anybody. Okay, it doesn't look like it. Um, I'm just going to ask <coughs> my commissioners to either you know, comment on anything that was said by the homeowner or the neighbors and any final comments before we go around and take a vote. So I'll, I'll have the floor open if, if somebody wants to start. Did um, you want to read um, Sharon's email first? Oh, first. yes. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. We did get an email from a, a resident. So let me just read that into the record real quick. I'm not muted, right? I'm, I just <laughs> can't read the email and can to Zoom at the same time. Okay, thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, technology. Okay, hold on. Let me find it. Here we go. Okay, we received an email, and I will read it for the record. Um, this email is in reference to 43 Pleasant Street. I urge the Historical Commission to find this historically significant house to be preferably preserved. The house is one of Medford's dwindling stock of pre-1855 houses and retains much of its original detail. Not only that, but it is located in the old Ship Street Historic District, as recognized by the National Historic Register. The district should become one of Medford's local historic districts, and it is important to retain the fabric of the neighborhood. Demolition of the house would have a significant negative impact on this future Medford Historic District. And that is from Sharon Guzik, 10 Manning Street. Um, just double checking the email. We did not receive any other comments on this property. Um, does any other, any of my, Ed, would you like to circle yeah. back I mean, now? I, I would say that this is a closer call for me than for some of the other, other commissioners. Uh, the L, both in terms of condition and because of its relationship to the rest of the house, to me is, you know, 
does present some arguments. I think we're talking about preserving streets, you know, preserving historic streetscape. And for that, I would vote significant. But I think this, again, given the structure and the, you know, the bylaws do say things about reasonable cost renovation. Yeah, uh, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think it's significant for, the, for delay purposes, but again, I, it's a closer call to me than I think it is to some other people. Yeah, I just, I want to circle back to the bylaw because I know, Jen, you mentioned that it, it, you know, we didn't have to have a significance hearing on this building. So this, just per the bylaw, meets criteria one, which ha is, has been listed or pending listing on the National Register of Historic Places. But if we were to look at it, here's what I would find. Most buildings that we review aren't listed on the National Register, so they have to meet uh, criteria three, which is was built 75 years or older or determined by the commission to be significant because of either A, it's importantly associated with one or more historic persons or events or with the broad cultural, political, economic, or social history of the city or the Commonwealth, or B, it's historically or architecturally important in terms of period, style, method of building construction, or association with an important architect or builder, either by itself or in the context of a group of buildings. If I were looking at this, I would advocate for it would meeting criteria A as being importantly associated with the broad architectural and uh, cultural and economic and social history of the city and the Commonwealth for its association with the shipbuilding neighborhoods. And B, I would mention that it was historically uh, or architecturally important in terms of its period and style, maybe not so much its method of construction, and it's in association with a group of buildings. So it's not just by itself in the neighborhood here uh, being the streetscape, but also to the entire East Medford neighborhood, meaning most of the buildings uh, due east of 93, there was a large collection of pre-1900 buildings there that associated with the building neighborhood. So I think it's you know more than just one street here we're talking about. And, it's a modest example where in other parts of the many larger states of the line, this is a good thing of middle class housing, especially worker class housing. Like Doug has a comment? Yeah, Doug. Um, hold on. Oh, unmute yourself. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Doug. Um, can. Can somebody who knows the district better than I explain if many of the new additions that the homeowners and the neighbors were describing are within the district or outside of the district? Uh, they're within the district. Uh, 44 Pleasant Street was replaced by two new single-family houses. Um, and then I'm not sure of the number that Nelson's working on, but he, he maintains the existing house. They gutted it and added on to the rear of it and they're building a new uh, new structure in the side yard lot. And that I think is the, and then there's one other, uh, I think the NR district extends around the corner to, to Pleasant Street possibly, um, uh, sorry, around Pleasant Street, but I don't think there's, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of changes, but I don't think any of those buildings have been demolished. I, I guess, yeah, I mean, when, when the, the form B says it's a contributing house to the districts. I assume that that statement is made in the context of even if the district has undergone some changes, they still think it's enough integrity I mean, to act as a district. Yeah, they have surveyed all of these buildings. So, I mean, they've, they've been through here. 
uh, multiple times. So I, you know, we did two rounds of survey in East Medford, and they they uh, included some of that here. So they're definitely familiar with the uh, they're definitely familiar with the neighborhood. <clears throat> Thank you, um, Louise. I know you had you had another comment. So go ahead. In regards to the house across the street that the Nelson Builders is working on, he's building, I believe, three there. And that house, he took that, I mean, he was able to, this is a, that was a historical house. He took that down right down to the bones, added a whole floor and a half. And now it's higher than any, it's even, and one of the neighbors, another neighbor was telling me that it's higher than what it's, the code height. I don't know what that is, but, and I don't know if it's even true, but it's high. Two and a half full floors, much bigger than it was. And then he added a whole unit to the back of it. So it's totally not even close to what it was. I mean, no one in the, no one could ever imagine that they could, could think this was a historical house that they're preserving anything other than a few boards. And that's just ridiculous. If they, if you're saying that that's preserving that like that, that's, com no, not even close. Do we know the number of that house? Cause that house has not come before us. No, cause it, cause he's right. I can look it wasn't them. demoed. It was yeah. stripped. Right. And this is an ongoing issue where. I think it's a, I think it's a great point that Medford's laws are not strong enough to do the preservation work that we would like to see done. Um, that house certainly, you know, it's one of those adhered to the letter of the law, but certainly not the spirit of it. But you know, we don't have the we don't have the ability to to go in there and and do anything about that. It's a weakness of the bylaws. It's a weakness of the way our you know the way our board was set up. But it's not you know. It doesn't mean that we, you know, that we don't have the responsibility to review what we can review and, you know, enforce what we can enforce. And I think the same for, you know, for demos that took place 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago. Again, um, it, our, our demo delay has become more robust over time. Uh, the, the commission body changes membership, turns over, and... If people, you know, if people in the past didn't do the same job we would do today, um, you know, hopefully we're moving in the right direction. It's not, um, we don't have to do a bad job just because they did. Right. Uh, Louise, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I'm just thinking that, you know, the... Oops. Oh, did she freeze up? Yeah. Hold on, Louise. Louise, hold on a second. Would have to be kept, and that's kind of one of. Hold on, I think your video froze up a little bit. We're gonna. Oh. oh. Yeah, I think it's better now. Can you start your statement over, please? Um, if the vote is to preserve the house, that means the foundation could would have to remain, and. That's one of the most disturbing things about it because the location of it is, it's a safety issue because it's so close to our house. It's, it's not within code. So the thing that would be, end up being preserved is, you know, basically the distance from 
our house, and it's kind of an unsafe feature. Um, Given Peter, that someone could do something to the house completely different. Yeah, um, Lu Louise, hold on a second, Peter. The, yep. There are there are uh, there are lots of options um, with regards to if the property is deemed preferably preserved and the homeowner's options for the next eighteen months. Uh, which I will, you know, if it comes to that, I'll share a document with them. So it's not just about, you know, keeping the house as is on the foundation. There are some other options, um, which, you know, we can talk about it at a future meeting. Um, Peter, I'm sorry, you had a comment. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was basically going to say the same thing about, um, so I guess... I hear uh, what the owner and the butter are saying, and they're, they're all great points. I think we all understand we don't want to live with rats, and we understand that, that there's, there's livability issues with the house, and that there's, um, you know, the, uh, the fact that the two houses are, are so close together wouldn't be allowed in, under today's building code, and it could be potentially be a fire hazard but I guess uh, one thing that Ryan has pointed out at other uh, meetings is that this is really just a pause for us like an 18 month pause at the most to, to think about well this is this house we feel it's historically significant we uh, some couple of us are architects have spoken here uh, three of us and we, we feel that there is significant beautiful detail on the house and it's a pause to think about, well, what else, do we really want to tear this down? We really want to, you know, decrease the integrity of this historic district in terms of, you know, it, it's, it's uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is. but um, And then I just wanted to say about, you know, um, the house, like the, the front entryway seems to have been added significantly later. It looks maybe more like a 20th century thing. So, you know, there might be some leeway on that. Maybe the rear L, you know, there are houses that are picked up and moved over. Uh, uh, you lift the house up, build a new foundation, set it down on the foundation. That's something to think about. So we're just asking that, you know, our, our purpose here is to not trying to make things hard for homeowners, but to try to preserve the historic fabric of Medford for everyone. And, um, you know, it's just a pause for us to try to think, well, what would be some possibilities for, you know, how to make it so maybe, you know, you guys can get what you want and, you know, we can also preserve, preserve some of the historic fabric of Medford, I guess. That, that's my two cents worth anyway. So. Yeah, and I, I do try to challenge people into thinking about their existing home because I know, I know we want to make buildings green and efficient and I'm, I'm all for that, but we also have to consider all of the costs necessary to bring your existing house there and then all of the energy that went into doing it. And, and the last energy, which would be to demolish it and throw it in a landfill, um, you know, rather than potentially recycling it. So I think those are all important considerations uh, to think about as you move forward. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I, I got often challenged with when we were renovating buildings is just how to how to deal with the, the demolition pile there because it's not, you know, no building construction 
demolishing an existing building is net zero. Does anybody else have any comments on this before we take our vote? Okay, Stacy, hold on. Yeah, I heard okay, Stacy and Ted, I, go ahead. I heard what Ryan said, and just just I understand you're going to vote whatever, however you're going to however you're going to vote. But as far as um, the taking down the house, Benson Wood has been talking to a general contractor who wants to do a lot of reclamation. So the environmental issue with taking down a house yes i understand there's issues there but they want to take as many components of the house and either reuse them somewhere else and also the house is going to be built in a factory in vermont sorry in new hampshire and then put on pallets and brought down here so it's not going to be like 50 you know, it's like the nelson group where they're there every day building a house you know the environmental impact is lessened because it's built inside of a factory and then brought to our site and then it basically, once the foundation's there, it can go up in approximately 11 days. So the interruption to everyone and the environmental impact can be lessened by building a house this way. So. Yeah, and we plan to, we plan to reuse the granite steps in the front, which I understand you guys probably don't care about because those are new. But, you know, we are planning on uh, doing this in an ecologically sustainable way and reusing as much as possible. So, you know. Again, I understand you don't, You guys don't care about that. You know, uh, this is something we've, you know, been thinking about for a while and really badly want uh, because the house is not particularly livable right now. <clears throat> okay, thank you guys. Thank you for your final comments. So what I would just like to say um, to wrap this up so we will take a vote is that, you know, if the, if the team votes to preserve the house, I would like to invite you back to the next month's meeting and we'll talk about the next steps because, you know, it's not the intent to hold you out for 18 months if you don't want to. We would like to work with you. So I'm just going to leave it at that for right now until we take our vote and that we know, um, you know, what the next step actually is going to be. So with that said... Um, we have a motion on the table by Ryan Hayward and a second by Peter Miller to find 43 Pleasant Street preferably preserved. I will go around and take a roll call vote by name and please unmute yourself and say yes or no and then mute yourself and I'll continue around the table. Um, so uh, I'll start with Ryan since I see you first on mine. What is yes. your vote, please, Ryan Hayward? What is your vote? Yes. Thank you. Edward Wiest, what is your vote? Yes for sustained. Yes for preferably preserved. Thank you. Peter Miller, what is your vote? Uh, yes for preferably preserved. Ben Johnson, what is your vote? Yes. Abby Salerno, what is your vote? Um, I vote to find the house preferably preserved. And finally, Doug Carr, what is your vote? Yes. Okay. Thank you, everybody. So the motion will pass six to zero to find 43 Pleasant Street preferably preserved. Um, so Stacy and Ted, like I said, I will draft a letter for you and I'll send it to you and to the building department. Uh, there is an 18 month delay on your demolition permit. Um, I would like to invite you back next month. I will send you a document in the meantime as well. 
that will outline uh, the next set of options for you. Um, and we can talk about those next month and, you know, hopefully with the goal to lift the, uh, potentially lift the 18 month delay earlier. Um, if we can come to an amicable solution that works for you and our commission. So I will email you those documents. And in the meantime, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to email us as well. Thank you. Uh, Doug had a, Doug, Doug had something to say. Sorry. Doug, you're muted. Sorry. Sorry, Doug, go ahead. Is it possible to get a copy of the proposed new house circulated before that meeting? Yes, we have it. It's in the Google Drive, and I will send the link around to everybody. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so that concludes the case on 43 Pleasant Street, and we'll continue now on with our regular agenda. Hello? Was that somebody that needed something? Are we being Zoom bombed again? No, no, I, I think I'm- It's still in the river. Okay. <laughs> I can't take another Zoom bomb. No. Okay. Um, uh, so our, just some old business guys to, to finish up here. Um, does anybody have any updates on anything that is under delay at the moment? I uh, just have a really small update, and that yeah. I, I rode my bike around to some of the East Medford properties today. I noticed that uh, Nelson has his sign up at Laureate, and uh, these uh, good folks here have their sign up. But I noticed there was no sign up on Foster Court. There's no sign up on either of the Winchester properties. Um, I don't know that they have to stay up. I mean, we've already made our determinations. Oh, is that how it works? Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think once the vote is done, it's I'm fine with them coming down. Okay, frankly. my bad. I didn't realize. No, that. no, I think I don't know that we ever talked about that. So, um, I noticed that yeah. they aren't they aren't cutting the grass at Foster Court much, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, they've just been radio silent. They haven't. Um, we did get an email from the owners at 67 Magoon Ave a couple weeks ago asking us to lift their delay early because now they're under financial hardship uh, supposedly no. and they have you know like about six weeks left or something so can I, can I formalize it yes yeah i'm gonna make a motion to deny their request to lift the demolition delay uh this is for 67 magoon <laughs> avenue uh ben i see ben to second that can I, uh, I'm going to go around the room and do a quick vote. Uh, Ryan? Yes. Uh, Peter? Yes. Ben? Yes. Abby? Uh, this is a question for Ryan. Ryan, you proposed uh, denying them a lifting of the demo delay because they haven't come to us with any ideas or plans? Correct. They, they have not. They have, yeah, correct. The uh, the bylaw stipulates that we can lift the demolition delay if they have made a continuing bona fide effort. They've made, in my opinion, no effort whatsoever. Okay, thanks for clarifying. I uh, I I, so I I I vote not lifting. Doug. Yes. Ed, I'm not sure if you heard that. What property is this? 
For 67 Magoon, they, um, we received an email asking if we would lift the demo delay early. Based on what Ryan said, I vote no. No, 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 no do not lift the delay. Okay. So that is a six to zero denial of their lifting of their delay. Thank right. you, everybody. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other updates on any of the other properties as well. Um, 109 Forest Street is on the market for sale. So we'll keep an eye on it to see if that, if that sells. And, you know, if it does, we'll, um, you know, obviously you have to keep an eye on it because anything there would not transfer to the new owner and they would potentially start over if anything wanted to happen to that property. Um, not lifting that delay. That's, I don't want to get burned again like we did on uh, Cotting Street. Yep. By the way, Cotting Street's for sale. Yes, it is. Oh, his children are not living there? No. <laughs> no. Shocker. Yes. They I was, are both uh, on the market. I was interested to see that uh, the building that we did documentation, I don't know, maybe Ben and Abby, you guys might have been on the board. I know Doug was. Uh, 107 Jerome was on the market. That we we did the market. Uh, Gregory Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Market, was the woman Carding Street? They built a prefab building and then she never finished it. So never finished it. Never finished it. No, it went up for a second. So uh, so that's another example of uh, you know a pause in the process might have helped her out quite a bit. But. I thought that property was delayed for six months. It was, and then they did nothing, and then she, the owner gave in, and the last two weeks gave us permission to go in and do documentation. So, really very unusual building. Moses Man buildings are usually pretty quirky, and that was that one had it all. So, yeah, it's a, two and a, half it's a story very sad story. Yeah, it was two-and-a-half-story Victorian building with two-by-threes. It's crazy. They really pushed the limit on that one. Um, okay, anything else on current delay as well before we move on? Okay. Okay, next item on the agenda, um, just an update on the CPA projects. Um, so we had our public meeting for the Thomas Brooks Park last week. Um, it was an interesting evening. Um, uh, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what to Oh, we got Zoom bombed, so that was fun. Uh, so Zoom bombing is real, in case you're wondering. Um, three times. The, yes, it three was, times. It was it was ugly and racist. Yeah. Yes, and slightly pornographic. So that was super fun to deal with. Thank you to Dennis, who was like moderating that night and helped. That's to, like, right. Did a good job down. too. So. Yeah, you guys were saving me because I was just like, oh, goodness, what is happening here? I was totally caught off guard. Um, it was really hard to concentrate running the meeting. Um, anyway, we had... That's... I'm sorry, Abby, go ahead. That's what you get for publicizing a meeting. Right, yeah, you can't, it's like lose-lose. Um, we had about 35 people in attendance. Uh, we had some really good comments. We've had a lot of emails, um, some for, some for against, all or none or certain elements. I'm collaborating them 
um, into one document so that we can post them on our website. In addition, we did receive comments from community development and the traffic department, which we'll post as well. Um, interesting thing to note that uh, the Office of Community Development had already identified the park as needing help and needing kind of some sprucing up. Um, and ironically, a lot of our plans were in alignment with regards to um, better signage, uh, certainly uh, making this park ADA accessible, um, perhaps some parking. Um, it was identified as a spot for public gardens. Um, so there's some, there's definitely some, some stuff there that, you know, will be coming down the pipe in the future um, if we continue on with additional phases in the um, CPA process. Um, also, um, Abby, did you, uh, Ryan, did I miss anything? I'm not sure if I... No, uh, I'm just, uh, we're receiving a lot of negative feedback on some of the key elements, such as the walks and ADA parking and things like that. So I've reached out to Neil Osborne about getting some support from the city on those fronts to clarify their requirements and whether or not they're needed. And if they are needed, then, you know, uh, you know, explaining why they're needed. Um, coming from perhaps somebody other than me and Jen might help them help the neighbors understand. And if not, then uh, we've done our best to try to clarify, but you know, I'm trying not to let up on those issues here. Yeah. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, Doug, go ahead. I, you guys ran a great meeting. It was challenging with that many people, but you have great designers on the team. Um, I think there is a consensus. There's obviously some disagreements about the longer term stuff, but phase one seems fairly, direct and agreed upon and I think I think it's I don't I don't feel like that this is like a civil war or anything like that I think I think the neighbors are all going to find their way to getting um, can you know building themselves around a couple of the early uh, pieces the restoration pieces that will help people see the possibility of that park um, this is a great project for Medford it's you know so many people walk by there and don't even realize what's back there um, so I, I commend you guys for sticking with this one. I know it's been a long haul and, and uh, you know, COVID certainly hasn't made it any easier, but I'm feeling like, you know, once you get, once you get a proposal that's before the CPC, this is going to be a real easy one. I think I can help sell it to that, to that board. So I'm, I'm, I'm convinced there's a, a way forward for the next couple rounds of funding to, to pick off some of these low hanging fruit and put some real physical changes there that will improve that neighborhood. One of the, yeah. um, oh, you want to go ahead, Jen? Oh, I was just going to say I agree, and I think that our goal, well, my goal personally, is to start with the wall restoration and the dig, because I think those are the two, you know, let's, it's a great place to start, and I also think it gives more time for additional thought and comments on some of the other more um, controversial, for lack of a better way to say it, elements. Um, and I think the dig and the wall restoration would definitely take up the next year at least. Um, and actually might ask uh, one or two other commissioners to help me on this project because it's kind of, it's a little overwhelming and I'm a little stressed. <laughs> and I think just in certain times of the year for my job, it's uh, challenging to, to stay on top of things. So uh, perhaps, you know, somebody else can pinch hit for me, uh, certainly like spring, summer, and then I definitely have more bandwidth 
fall and winter, but you know, that's, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about that right now. I think the next, you know, we're working on wrapping up the final master plan, which is, you know, it's a, it, it's final in the sense that the project is done in terms of this phase and, and the CPC phase, but I don't think that any master plan is like final, final, you know, as phases morph and they, and they go into their later generations that things will naturally change and evolve because that's the way projects go. Um, so I think that we'll, we'll wrap this phase up in terms of wrapping up the, the first iteration of the master plan, I guess I'll say, and then we'll focus on getting our applications in for phase two, which I think will be the wall and the dig. And we'll start with those and see how we do. Yeah. One of the, um, the things that I just shared with everybody via email, uh, we purchased for Peter uh, some of the historic aerials from 1938 through 1978 to get a sense of the historic foliage and how it's filled in over time. Um, and it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty telling. You can see in 38 that it's pretty wide open. And then as you progress through time, you can see the trees fill in. Um, what's interesting is in 1963, you can see initial uh, Victory Garden plots on here. Uh, and then they disappear for a while, but then they're back by 1978. And I think we have some resistance to putting a community garden in this space. And I think what they're thinking is that we're going to take over the entire field uh, that the 1978 image shows. And we are no way proposing that level of uh, commitment at this time. So I think they just need to understand and see that and have it be clarified. Uh, plus, um, you know, Amanda Bowen, who runs the community garden, said that there's much more oversight into the um, the garden committees now. There's individual committees for each garden, and then there's a master uh, oversight committee, and then they're overseen by community development. So there's a three-tiered um, level to prevent failure because a lot of interest petered out back when these things failed. So I think that that's helpful and they have a waiting list of 60 people so if we provided 20 plots here that's full one third of the waiting list gone so i think that something will happen here um hopefully but you know hopefully the neighbors you know you know let up a little bit and you know let it try it out for at least a little while to see how it works but you know we'll see yeah i think you know we have to think of, we're getting a lot of comments about like, this is our park, it's our neighborhood, we don't want strangers here from other parts of town. And I think it's really, it's, you know, frankly, it's very disheartening to hear those comments. I mean, this is a park for all Medford residents. Every person is entitled to use it and enjoy it. Yes, the neighbors that are close by obviously use it the most. I use it myself. I walk down there, I walk the dog. You know, but I think, you know, I would like to think that we could be a little bit more um, welcoming and encompassing of making the park better for everybody. Um, and we certainly don't want the entire green space to be gone either. It's not our goal. And I think, again, just some of the comments are, you know, very not in my backyard focused. And I just obviously as a public entity, as a, we are a public board, you know, we're looking at the greater good for the city of Medford and, you know, for history as a whole, right? This is a historical site. So it's not just for Medford residents. It's for anybody who wants to learn more about the history of the Brooks family um, and, and a little bit of, you know, uh, slave history as well, as good or bad as that is, it's history. So I think, um, 
you know, it's obviously a very sensitive time in our world right now. Um, I think people are very protective since they've been at home and I totally get that. And so hopefully, um, I think if we start with some of the things we talked about and then work on those other things potentially later on in the project, you know, maybe some people will have some more opening and welcoming thoughts on that. Yeah, Doug, go ahead. I think that's a really great point, you know, Jen. This is this is a site of national significance with the slave wall. You know, it's it's something. It's more. There's potentials with the archaeological dig to find out some really important information that could be there. Um, so, I, I think you know we have to temper this. There's a lot of uh, I call it Medford or Butterism, where they think anyone who thinks they live next to something has veto over anything that can happen in that. I've seen that my entire life, and I, I really do not like that attitude because I just don't think it's very community-oriented. It's very selfish, personally. Um, but I think a good thing that would go a long way towards making this successful, if these neighbors have this passion, is they need to get this group together to be a, a, an advocate for their neighborhood park that a lot of them have lived next to or nearby for decades and take ownership. You know, if you want ownership, to show that commitment. It will, help, it will help with the CPC grant. It will help with the funding. It will help with a lot of things to have eyes so it's not just other people doing things, but they have a, they have a, a stake in, in that place. And I think that's really... Um, I hope they they will uh, take that suggestion and organize themselves into a friends of. That's that's how that's how the Brooks Estate started. That's how a lot of things get started in this in this community. Yeah, Peter, go ahead. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the one of the com comments or a couple of them said, you know, we 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 love this park because it's quiet. And we don't want it to become. I, I had. I what I heard from them was, we don't want it to become a zoo. You know, we don't want it to become super busy. You know, and, and I I hear that. I mean, I, I I think, and I think that can be achieved by a lot of what you're doing now. Maybe maybe the footbridge. I don't know. That sounds like it, that might be something that you could. Yeah, and here's the bargain thing. away, but. But, the but, footbridge but I, is an idea bubble. Like, no, it's, I, I it's know. It's like I know. nine million meetings away from reality if it no, ever comes to that. I know. It's, I think people are so hung up on the footbridge. It's like, relax. It may be a bridge too far. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I thought that was actually kind of a good comment uh, about kind of trying to maintain the, um, the peacefulness or the kind of quietude of – of the of the park um which I, I hadn't really thought of you know when i when i looked at the diagrams and stuff like so so i thought that was that was kind of a good constructive criticism i mean some of the stuff about and i, and I also heard them about kind of not wanting all these yellow signs and flashing lights for crosswalks and stuff i thought i thought that was that was a good comment as well but yeah you know, and i i i totally get that and like i said in the meeting the other night like i'm i'm out with clients all the time looking at properties we look at things like that signs and lights on poles and things like that yeah. and i understand that can be detrimental um from a visual perspective i think ultimately that's all going to be up to the traffic and, and engineering yeah. department in yeah. terms of 
crosswalk placement, sight lines, what signage is required where, um, you know, so we'll obviously we'll do the best we can in that regard. It's, you know, if we're going to have uh, safe crossings to get to the park, there, there will be a decision made on what is required to have that happen, which is obviously not our commission here. And I think like the park as it is now, like literally you don't even know it's there. So I think exactly. that's like, I think it's, it's good to make it more usable. You know, like, I think that's the main thing that you guys are going for is like, make it more usable. Yeah, make of, it look uh, like a park and not a scraggly not piece a vacant of land lot. on the side of the road. Not a vacant right. lot. And I just, I don't see, I don't see a rash of people going to this park. You know, maybe we'll get a couple of more visitors a week or somebody might happen to pull over to check it out that never realized it's there. But I just, I, I think they're worried about things that will likely not happen anyway. But, right. you know, change is hard. I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm completely adverse to change on a lot of things. I mean, you're not putting in 50 parking spots, so. No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, people would rather go to the Mystic Lakes and hang out in the parking lot there and go swimming. Right, Abby, you had something to say. Um, I was wondering if you had looked at or offered um the community, uh, the the Royal Park as a I don't know as a model as a point of comparison the the piece of the piece of uh, green space that's right next to the Royal House. It's sort of more public, more used than the Royal House itself because it's always open, but it's a very quiet, very sort of contemplative green space. It's also one of the sort of foliage high points of South Medford. Like when it's fall, everyone looks at that foliage because it's, it's gorgeous. It's extremely tidily kept. It's not a wild space, but it's a quiet green space. It, you know, it, the signs sort of mark it out as this is a passive park or quiet recreation or something that make it really clear how that park's going to be used. It has benches. It doesn't have toys. You know, it, 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 I don't know. It manages to sort of establish a, a tone and some expectations for use that are really clear. And that might just be a useful, I don't know, like case study to yeah. to think about or, or, Thank or you. share with I love that. that. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's a great, that's a great point and making a point on the signage to say this, it's a quiet, serene place. It's a point of, it's a place of reflection. I think that we could definitely do some of that. And I think that could appeal to some of the residents as well. And I think too, sort of how, I don't know if it's how tidy it is or how good the sight lines are, but it's quiet, but it's not like, you know, you don't know who's in there or what they're doing. It's very public. It's very, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. And the train, the train goes by every 20 minutes. I'm no, sure. Right. I'm sure Ed has something to say. I mean, it's practically. Yeah, I, I, again, I think the Royal, the Royal Park model is very good. You know, I can tell you because I live there. Yeah. And with the it's yours, Ed. With, with the, ex uh, with the exception of wedding photographs every two or three weeks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will it's not. It's a photography spot. You you will not see. The last time there was a large crowd there was, <laughs> I think it was Sacred Heart sponsored a mass there, maybe more than twenty years before my kids were there. But that's how I would measure it. 
I, I've never seen anybody in that park ever. And I, you know, as I said, drive by. There, there have been there have been two. Mass, you want that? <laughs> there have been two, there have been two mass events in the last thirty five years. One was this was the postcard unveiling, and second was again for some reason the old Sacred Heart or somebody uh, was able to stage an open air mass out there. Uh, other than that, there are more than 10 people there at any, any one time, again, except for wedding photography. You don't see it. And if Brooks is one-tenth the space, you're talking maybe, what, three people at a time, one family group? Yeah. Yeah. I think every time I walk my dog through there, I'm, there it's either me by myself or there's, like, one other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a quick question. Um, I think the the way you guys solve the ADA parking is is quite inventive. I think it's a good solution because um, it obviously doesn't really impact the park, and the, the neighbors seem to be on board with it. I guess yeah, my no, only they're not. Well, they're not even are. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, but I guess they have to choose their poison then, right? You know, it's because if it's much more impactful if you put it in the park than if you just designate a little piece of curb, but. I, when I look at the community gardens down by um, Route 16, and, and that's a very um, active area, you know, there's, there's a dozen places people can park there, right there, bring their tools over. And I'm just trying to imagine how that's going to work for this site. And I, I, find, I find myself challenged to see how that would work because it just seems like it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of feet away and not very convenient, even though I actually like the idea of the community gardens there. I think it's actually a pretty good solution. Um, I, I so anyway. For an, yeah, I think for an initial setup, uh, you know, there may have to be some sort of access route there. I mean, looking at Suzanne's report, it seems like it's pretty well disturbed, that area, given the um, sewer right-of-way. So, I mean, even if they had to provide a temporary access for like you know major spring planting fall cleanup or loom and things like that you know maybe on a limited basis they could provide auto access and then you know most of the rest of the year if they're just in there watering you know at that point they could just carry a, a bucket a small bucket of tools over yeah we we'd have to talk we have to flesh that out a little bit more and certainly like amanda the other night said you know they could restrict it where like you know, certain people go at certain times, so you're not like impacting the parking and whatnot. But I don't want to belabor this, so I, I'd like to move on from this topic. But I, I thank you, everybody who was at there and who was at the meeting. And it's, it's, um, you know, I also sent around a letter. I was hoping you guys could help me edit. Um, you know, we received a lot of complaints, frankly, from residents that they didn't know about the meeting. They found out about the meeting after the fact certain we had challenges um you know our intent after the last meeting was to submit flyers around the neighborhood we couldn't do that this time because of covid um so i've i would like to put something in front of the mayor to talk about you know protocols for meeting notices because i just i would like some guidance um i think it's kind of haphazard and all over the place and i would like written protocol from the city on these are the 10 things you need to do. These are the 10 places you need to post it. If it's this type of meeting or this type of meeting, I just think there needs to be some sort of standardized communication um, and it should come down from the city on what we do as a board and commission, what's the city responsible for. Um, 
you know, we are all volunteers. I frankly cannot go door knocking to every house in the neighborhood with a flyer. And I'm certainly not going to do it toward during a pandemic. I'm not going to post tree, you know, flyers on trees because I don't have time to take them down. You know, I, so I think there just needs to be something standard from the city. And I don't think it's fair for us to get bashed. I think that we are one of the better boards and we try to publicize everything we do. We welcome people. We beg for people to come to our meetings and participate. And I, I don't appreciate being accused from the neighbors of being, you know, sneaky or, you know, um, purposely keeping people away because that is not what our board is about at all. So if anybody could, if somebody could help me edit that letter, so it's I, I took a look. I, I did a quick glance. It actually was pretty good. Oh, thank you. Ed, our resident editor slash attorney. <laughs> um, you know, I well, try I, to I thought, I, my rage. No, my rage no, I, I, no, no. I, I thought it was, I, I, again, I'll have, have to take more than a five-minute look at it, but it yeah. looked pretty good. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so with that, I'll, we'll move on from, um, Abby, was there any update on the, on the cemetery, on the tree project? Oh, you're muted. Hold on. Oh, um, you can unmute yourself. Um, I'm in the middle of, yeah, still mapping out, uh, what can go in when, um, uh, but I'm going to, um, run that when I have that that plan out I um, I was contacted by Amanda Bowen is that the same person who contacted you guys about community gardens yep yep is that the name oh, that Ryan said it is I didn't yep. put two and two together on that <laughs> yeah so she's interested in the tree project and um, once I have once I have the list of what what um, what spots are ready to take trees and what should go in them. I was gonna run it by her and run it by you guys and um, sort of take it from there. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, uh, Ryan and Abby, any survey project updates this month? Uh, we have the MAC grant. I spoke with Michael. They uh, they are not really sure what to do yet because um, they are in a hold pattern partly because the state matches in jeopardy with budget cuts and they expect most municipal matches are probably also in jeopardy um although they said they expect uh, most of us most communities probably will hold them but it'll just take a little bit of debate and time uh so they haven't set up any sort of meetings yet they're just waiting for budgets to roll over and budget hearings to conclude because uh, most, I think most municipalities roll over in in June, June 30th. So, so it's really a question of whether. I mean, I'm assuming that we'll be fine and that we'll have our normal budget and that um, you know we'll be able to move forward with the project. I didn't hear of any cuts. Um, Dennis, have you heard anything about the uh, budget hearings? Are they moving forward with them? They're moving forward. Um. I think they're just still trying to work on it. I know that cities internally, there's been budget meetings like going on between all the departments this week. So I think it's going to be submitted probably in the next week or so. And then it's up to the council to uh, do theirs. And it'll probably be, it'll probably, you know, I can't imagine it wouldn't be virtual, you know, like a, a Zoom yeah. or like before. So 
and they'll, it'll be over, you know, usually they spread it over the course of like a week, week and a half. Yep. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Um, any update on local historic districts? I know Ryan and I chatted briefly earlier and we're a little concerned that historic district commission has not met as far as we know since March. Did they meet in March? I feel like they weren't even there before our meeting in March. No, they did not Wait, did we have a meeting in March? That was our last meeting. Yeah, yeah that we had March in person. We did not have a meeting in April. May we zoomed for the first time, and now tonight we're zooming for the second time. Yeah. So was there a district meeting in March? I don't remember. I, I remember they were in the room. They were in the room. Oh, okay. So then that March, I think, was the last time that they met. So. I'm concerned that some of these things are stalling and our, our demo delays are running out of, we're losing some time here. Yeah. I'll send an email to Alicia um, and just kind of say, you know, I, I don't know if she can prod them or what, but I'll just kind of drop a note to her to see if she had any, has any thoughts on that. Okay. Also, I did email attorney Scanlon, the acting city solicitor about uh, the construction shutdown and did that affect the demo delay? Um, does will that cause an, a, you know concern to extend anybody that's are currently uh, delayed? So I will let you guys know what she decides and gets back to me on that. So uh, thanks for the reminder on that earlier, Abby. Um, okay, if, and does anybody have anything else that they want to bring up? Any new business that I'm missing? Or, Doug, you're laughing. What are you laughing at? <laughs> are you watching think, cartoons? No, um, I, I think Ryan's starting to look like the James Bond Blofeld villain uh, <laughs> there with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously, yeah, Austin Powers did a take on that one as well, right? That was the OG cat and the yes. guy in the swivel chair. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan, I couldn't resist. <laughs> okay, no, no. <laughs> We should all we should all have cats in our in our arms for the meeting. Um, okay, just we'll wrap up with minutes. Uh, I'm just gonna read. I know they're in the Google Drive. Um, when someone's ready, I'll get a a motion to approve the minutes for. May 11th, They look good to me, but I can't make my own motion. So moved. Okay, I have a motion to approve the meeting minutes uh, made by Ed. Do I have a second? Seconded by Ryan. Uh, can I, I'll go around and do a vote. Ryan? Yes. Motion. Uh, Peter? Yes. Ben? Yep. Ed? Aye. Abby? Approved. Doug? 
Yes, approved. Okay, uh, motion passes 6-0 to pass our minutes from May. Um, if nobody has anything else, I'll just do one quick scan. Okay, uh, motion to adjourn. I have 8.24 p.m. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming. Um, our next meeting is July 13th. Lucky day. Maybe we'll meet in person. I don't know. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll meet in Royal Park at social, at social distance. Oh, that would be yeah. nice. Meet under a tree. Is that, can we do that? How does that yeah, work? Six, yeah, six feet apart. Right? Yeah, All right, I'll, the, I'll, I'll work on that. This is the way meetings are going to be even when this is over because it's just so convenient for most people. I know. I miss you all, though. I'm a hugger, so it's killing me. <laughs> we have a virtual drink after, too. Yes. Okay, uh, July Cheers. 13th. Be there, be square. Thank you, everybody. Doug, your okay. grass looks really good, Doug. <laughs> Keep watering it. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> it was good night. expensive.